Hello and welcome to episode 33 and a toured, or 33, of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer, And today I had Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon in my apartment doing a live interview. It was the first ever live interview I've ever done. And it was exhilarating to use a word that an RTE commentator described the France versus Switzerland extra time portion of their Euro 2020, obviously played in 2021, match tonight. Uh, I didn't find it exhilarating, but I did find the interview exhilarating. And I'm not going to keep you too long because this was an hour long chat. And I'm sure you're eager to hear from Jarvis just as I was. So we touch on all sorts of things. Uh, what Night Demon has been up to, what Jarvis has been up to, how lockdown and the pandemic has affected bands like Night Demon, and everything in between. So I'm going to take you straight to that interview now. This is Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon. Okay, so I have Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon here with me today. Um, Jarvis, you're in Ireland, obviously. Why don't you tell people how this came about, why why you're in Ireland to begin with, and then how this interview came about, maybe? Yeah, so... um my girlfriend lives here and she lives in Northern Ireland. And, um, you know, obviously during the pandemic, uh, <laughs> there's not much going on touring wise. Mm. And I was getting a little antsy, um, out in California, just kind of being landlocked. It's been the, the first time in a really long time that I've, that I've been in one place for for that stretch of time. And, um, obviously she's not able to come over because of the travel ban that is still, still active in yeah. the United States 15 plus months mm-hmm. um, you know the the land borders of Canada and Mexico are still not open to the US you know and I think that that's probably what's going to happen first um, but yeah it's unfortunate and uh, a lot of people are not able to see their friends and family and loved ones and I think that's been the the, the shitty thing about it you know but um, you know there's a good side to everything and and for me, it's it's been able to, you know, I've been here for six months and it's like I never would have had another chance ever in my life to be anywhere for for, for six months, you know, right? Yeah. And so um, a lot of the stuff with the bands was, was put on hold and, uh, you know, I mean, obviously I'm still, there's still a lot of stuff going on with um, a lot of stuff behind the scenes. I mean, we're always working on stuff, but yeah. uh, which we can get into, but, uh, but for the most part... Um, being remote works with technology and um um you know the guys in night demon are spread out and currently and so yeah it, it all it all worked out really really nicely okay so you saw your opportunity to come over to ireland and live and then you, you took it <laughs> yeah i mean that's pretty much it yeah i mean i'd probably be here longer if i could um but my visa is up so yeah. it's time, time to go how does that work can you come back if you want to let's say this pandemic stretches on Hopefully not for another few months. <laughs> well, you know, it's like there's there's the the rules are so like unclear. Mm. So I interpret it my own way, at least the way that I that I think would be safe and kind of abide by those rules. I'm never trying to to lie to immigration or I you know for somebody that travels constantly all mm. over the world it's not something you want to get in the habit of doing you know you no. just kind of want <laughs> you want to play by the rules yeah. and you know so basically on a on a US tourist visa you can be in the UK for 6 months so northern ireland is technically the UK mm-hmm. in the EU which is where we are now yeah. um in the south of ireland you know it's 90 days so right. it works out you know what i mean like 
I've if I wanted to stay, you know, on this side of the border for another few months, I probably could down here. Like you could stay for another ninety days. Right, right, okay. right. But um, you know, I mean, unfortunately, it's, my spare room is occupied. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's already kind of you know I I need to get home and uh, yeah. and and do some do some stuff. So um, yeah, so I stayed to the, the the maximum amount of time here. Okay, so you've obviously got a lot of stuff going on. As I called you the last time, the busiest man in rock. Uh, you've got Iron Grip Management. You've got Iron Grip Records as well. Has that kept you ticking away, or like, how have you survived living in another country for six months? Was it true your other ventures like that? Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been working. You know, I work every day on stuff like that. So, so none of the bands that I manage are obviously on tour, but mm. there's a lot of tours being. Plan. I mean, most everybody's booked through 2022 already. Yeah. Um, you know, the on the label side of things, yeah, I'm, all, I'm working on that every day. Plus, I have a warehouse in California where I do all the merchandise distribution for everybody. So, okay. Uh, but I have a full-time assistant, so you know. Okay, somebody, so not just one person, but two people have yeah, been kept yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. So I have I have somebody that gets paid full-time to to handle to be in the office back home you know okay so so that i mean without that this this wouldn't be possible at least running these businesses this way wouldn't be is wouldn't be possible a lot of the you know the the model uh, these days is like um i'm not gonna say it's a passive model but like um a lot of people run fulfillment through bigger companies and stuff like that. And I don't, I own the company that okay. does the fulfillment. So like I'm the guy that you come to, to get your stuff fulfilled. Right. You so know? that's like fulfillment for Visigoths, Irithongo, mm-hmm. um, Midnight, Midnight, Satan, Night Demon, all of yeah. them. Uh, the okay. label and, uh, some other things too, like some other, some other, some other bands and some other magazines and record labels. And, you know, so, um, that's kind of what, you know, I've worked with a lot of different companies. I've had my merchandise license throughout the years through a lot of the bigger companies and just kind of decided when the pandemic hit to just take it all back and just say, you know what, like, I want to I want to be the one in charge of, of getting this out to the customers around the world, you know? I mean, it's just, it's more of a personal touch and, like, I just liked that. It was It got to a point when I was touring so much with Night Team that it was impossible for us to do it. Right, um, and then I would have people at home doing it for me. Yeah, and that would always kind of be, um, you know, I felt bad about putting my friends in that position, you know. But when you actually kind of look at it as a business and go, well, wait a minute, you know, it's like you're leaving a lot of money on the table by having somebody else do it. Mm. There's like, I I find that people want to, the customers or fans want to want to buy direct from you more than they want to buy from somebody else I certainly do anytime I see an opportunity to buy even through Bandcamp I, I will take mm-hmm. it because I know the margin is a lot smaller than the likes of No Remorse or whatever else like that yeah it depends you know um, but but yeah I mean that's kind of the way we wanted to do it and so I had to build a whole infrastructure around that and um, you know I mean there'll probably be more labels and more bands that will want to be a part of what the what we're doing the Iron Grip family I guess you could say you and know, are, like, you, are you open to including them in the family so to speak or? I mean I you know I'm not looking to pick up any new clients like okay. I, <laughs> I, I, get asked, I get asked at least once or twice a week to manage a new band there's yeah. been a lot of really amazing bands that have come to the table recently and I've really had to you know avoid the shiny object syndrome and be like yeah. you know stuff that's like like I would you know that I mean that was one band in particular I won't name but like I, I would have basically had to 
get rid of all my clients to do this job. You so know, it seems and, like a larger band anyway. Yeah, okay. and, and Metallica. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but you know, I mean, my main focus is being is being a musician myself, yeah. and like all this other stuff is like I never. I, I just kind of fell into it because the bands I loved the bands and they needed my help and and it was never like a goal of mine to do so it's kind of yeah it's kind of funny how it, how it all works out but it could easily get carried away right and sure well, so wh- when I say including other bands I mean you know I have a business set up where you know I host a site called the heavy metal store and mm-hmm. I have like like-minded stuff there you know so if some if a band came to me that fit into that that needed help distributing merchandise mm in the u.s or worldwide i mean i'd be interested in that you know right but beyond that it's just you know yeah i got you i got you so let's talk about then you said you're a musician first and foremost the last thing we heard really from uh night demon music wise was in trance back in august 2020 now you gave me a sneak peek into your studio setup you had going in Derry there are you able to elaborate on anything about what you were doing (laughs) in said studio yeah so you know um we the music for the next record is is finished and I was working on the vocals. Um, so the next record will be come out April 15th, 2022. That's already set. We've got like everything locked down for that. Just um, before Hell's Heroes. Yeah, right, right. We wanted to make sure we were on the road again when we put out a record. We put out those five singles last year and they did really well, but we kind of were a band that that does better when we we can go out and tour the world and play live and support the music so you know much to the dismay of of many people that are sitting at home waiting for live shows wanting us to put out music i mean they're just it'll be worth the wait you know and and you know we've got a lot of plans for that but but yeah i mean i was working on the vocals for for that stuff okay are the vocals finished no you know actually i had (laughs) this is like so crazy so uh, a couple things are going on. I had a pretty severe vocal injury. You said, uh, yeah. yeah, and like it's weird because what I've been doing is I've been training with other vocal coaches to actually get better, and I kind of like overdid it a bit and flew too re- close to the sun. I really fucked up my chords, and this has never really happened this extreme. Yeah. And part of me is just kicking myself. I'm like, man, you've been doing this for so long. Like, you know what you're doing. Why are you just do what you do? <laughs> you know, it's like, like, it's like, man, you're, tr- I don't know. It sounds cliche, but things do happen for a reason, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, but it's just, it, it, it hurts the soul sometimes to be like, wow, you're, you're spending so much time in trying to improve yourself. Right. Yeah. And, and you, in something like this happens, right? Um, it happens because you're trying to improve yourself, you know, but there's this other, uh, the other thing is like, I have, <laughs> I broke my nose in a bar fight. And in Derry? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, and I have to get this surgery on my nose and it, I've had this like kind of nasal tone for a while. Okay. And so that's happening when I go back home. And so that's kind of the blessing in disguise. I'm like, well, actually it's good that I blew my cords out. You know, I'm improving a bit every day, but this is like the longest time it's ever happened like this where I've had to come back from this. Yeah. So I'm going to have my throat looked at as well. But, you know, so what I'm saying is the pandemic is a blessing in disguise. We don't have any, we don't have a show until November and, you right. know, I don't have to hand in the record till October. Um, you know, I have to get this other surgery done. So, right, it's kind of like all this stuff is lining up and, um you know, it sucks that that all this happened, but this is kind of the way that 
the way that the way that it is and and um, you know okay so what what was the injury you had if you don't mind elaborating what happened to your vocal cords <laughs> I mean they just got I mean I, I basically was was doing these exercises where I was I was just pushing really too hard and um, you know I have like um, these like nodules in my in my throat now and so it's 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 like my high rate register is completely gone right you know? okay it's coming back a bit but not not as quickly and not in the way that that i was you know because i was getting pretty strong there for a while and it was good well I, I think i remember saying to you last time the singing on those few singles was the best i've ever heard you anyway there were certainly uh progressions from the previous two albums in my opinion anyway thank so, you um it's a shame that maybe you tried to even improve yourself even more and then you ha happen to regress <laughs> because right. of well that. i mean look again i think there's it's a blessing in disguise and to i'm gonna go see a surgeon or a professional and maybe there's something else that was going on you know right yeah. i mean maybe there's something else that was happening so um i you know it's it's motivation for me to really come back stronger than ever and it's like one of those things that it's like you know you don't don't know what you got till it's gone kind of thing, and it's like yeah. it's like here I was just trying to get better, spending a lot of money, working with like the top pros, and working on very very specific things, yeah. right? And yeah. and having a lot of them go, man, you really know what you're doing, kind of thing. But but I get what you're trying to do, and here's how to do this, right? So now it's just like man, I really really like will not take my voice for having a voice like for granted ever again okay so tell me about this bar fight <laughs> wow. uh no 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 it, it's uh actually it wasn't even a fight really it okay. was i got like sucker punched this guy came in and tried to rob the bar okay and uh or a group of as a group of people a group of men came in and tried to rob the bar and i was just peacefully sitting there and and uh kind of heard something behind me and right as i turned around like the fist was already coming. It was crazy, and just less thing. Next thing I know, I'm on the ground. There's stars, you know. And, okay. Uh, nose is smashed, and people. I'm getting kicked on the ground, and it was a Jesus. Where was yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was in California. So uh, typical California. <laughs> but uh, you know, this was quite a while ago too. So, but okay. it's something that's developed. You know, I never got it. My nose wasn't totally off to one side, so I didn't really feel I needed to get it fixed. But then I kind of later on, as the cartilage healed up and stuff mm -hmm. in the top, you, it's really, you know, one side of my needle passage is almost completely closed. So, okay. Yeah. Um, Need to get that sorted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another, another thing you said there, actually, that was interesting to me is you, you mentioned your record isn't coming out till April, but mm -hmm. you have to hand it into the label in October. Why yeah. such a long lead-in time there? It's actually, that's, they want it most like you know for example if i was going to do a record like vinyl for like i'm for my label even though i have major distribution through the orchard and like i've got some good relationships with pressing plants all around the world i would probably for an april 2022 release right now i would probably have to hand it in in august or september um, the vinyl turnaround times right now are ridiculous. The main lacquer plant in the U.S. caught fire and like is gone. Okay. Um, the other lacquer material are com is coming from China, and there's a big problem right now with China with importing stuff. You know, mm. I mean, uh, and just a lot of people during the pandemic have been trying to press more vinyl. You know, the yeah. record sales have been at an all-time high. Right. Um, because of people at home and having. Excuse me, like, you know, some people have expendable income because they're bored and the government's giving them unemployment or whatever, yeah. you know. So on, on that topic, like, so obviously you, you run merchandise for a lot of bands. You said, have like, I know from my own personal experience, I've 
ended up spending more money on t-shirts and hoodies and merch than I normally would because I can't go to any concerts. So it feels okay. for me also it feels like a way to give money to the bands, but also to buy some heavy metal in a way, you know what I mean, where I can't right. buy a concert ticket. Have t-shirt and merch sales increased as a result of the pandemic or decreased? You know, it's hard to say. Like I would say that the record sales have definitely increased. Uh, mail order has increased, obviously, because you can't go out. Yeah. But I mean, the money, or the I would say not the money, but the volume that a band like ours would move on tour, like that, you know, that hasn't been matched. Right. No okay. Way. So that's no huge. Way. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like we get in front of people and. Even if people don't know who we are, we're on a festival or something, like, merch always sells well. I mean, we have, you know, we put a lot of care into the merch and, like, yeah, um, yeah it's just, it's a it's a hot, I mean, we, we like to say, um, me and my friend John Keevil, he sings in this band, Warbringer, we like to say that we're traveling t-shirt salesmen. Yeah, we're not, we're not, <laughs> that one. We're not, yeah, we're not, we're not really musicians. Because, I mean, it's kind of funny, it's like... Alan Averill <laughs> says that as well, actually. Yeah, he's actually a good friend of mine. Yeah, uh, I know it's you're up in Derry looking at churches and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we, we like to, he, myself and him, my, uh, he, myself, and Joe from Gamma Bomb uh, kind of do a regular get-together, you know, um, where we just... Um, uh, pour our sorrows out over yeah. the current state of the world, you know. Do you, but do you know what I find is funny is that, like, you, you to me, you strike me as having this completely polar opposite personality to somebody like Alan. Uh, I do. So, I like, do. like, do you balance him out? Do you balance out his pessimism? He gets pretty dark sometimes, and like, um, it's pretty good. Like, uh, I could tell when he wants to meet up, and like, you know, I mean, I think for a long time he wasn't just seeing any people, and he lives in like in a dungeon in Dublin, and like you know, in like in the city, you know, here we're on the outskirts of town, but like in the city, with such a vibrant community that's like all of a sudden dead, you know, yeah. where like you've got problems where, you know, the police don't even want you on the street, or mm. you know, like protest is not free anymore, all kinds of stuff, you know, and like. I think he got pretty dark for him, you know. So, but well, yeah, we're complete opposite personalities. But but we're great friends, you know. Yeah, We've been friends for a long time. Yeah. So. And how did you meet Alan? Was it just from touring in Ireland, or no, no? We met long before I ever even came here for the first time. He actually came to one of the first Frost and Fires out in California. But um, yeah, he was working for Metal Blade Records, and I knew Primordial, and um, mm. uh, he had signed Visigoth, another band that I managed. Oh, so, I knew that actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, we just met through heavy metal. I mean, that's the thing. You can be totally opposite personality from somebody, but the the metal brings you together, right? It's yeah. true. I've experienced it myself as well. Yeah. So you did a, vi- a video up in Derry. I think it was for Metal Injection, was mm-hmm. that it? And you did, did a little uh, tour around Derry and the place you were living and stuff like that. Did, was some, did somebody approach you to do that? or how did Yeah, that so they wanted to do a segment like, show us your hood. And I'm mm. like, well, you know, I'm not in Ventura, California. And they're like, oh, that's even better. You yeah. Know? So... I'm like, wow, it's pretty crazy because I've been spending months out there, like, spending a lot of time outside completely alone. You know, I mean, like, the town really shut down. Yeah. yeah, I saw you going for runs and stuff. It was and just you- crazy. Like, oh, it was constantly like that, you know. I, I, it was really nice for me because that place is, like, so much awesome history and it was like um, it was kind of like my own little playground, you know. Yeah, it did get it did get a little strange for a while not seeing people. Yeah, okay, yeah. but I, I'd imagine you're a bit of a people person. Did you yeah, get that from you? I am, I am. But this this pandemic has given me a lot of social anxiety. That's for sure. Really? Why, yeah, why is that? It's just because it, like to have such a big change and then have it lasting when things happen, like uh, you know, now that things have been opening up, it's like I've gone to some 
kind of bigger social occasions and I've been kind of like weird about it, you know, like what's this going to be like, or just, you know, you know, like I went to a wedding last week too. And, okay. Uh, so you've kind of, you've gone backwards. I just backwards. don't know what to do with myself sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I, I stay busy all the time, but I don't, uh, sometimes yeah. I just, um, I don't know. I'm kind of a weirdo too now, like with, with in, in social, like I, I don't know how to just hang out anymore. I have to have an agenda. Like, I I grew up with a lot of people that like to hang out, you know, yeah. and like I I just I like to work on productive things a lot, and sometimes like if I have a friend that I'm hanging out with, we don't just hang out. We like we're working on something, we're working on some music, or we're you know, mm. and like there's always time to hang out for sure. Yeah, but uh, I just feel now more than any more than anything like time is of the essence in life you know and yeah, like if yeah. you can I mean it's cool I'm at your place I'm your first ever live guest and true. like but we're doing something right and That's true, like, yeah. we're having a good conversation and like the rest of the world gets to be in on it kind of mm. you know so so that's my ideal situation, right? I get you, know? you yeah. So I, I'm similar. Like, I have a good friend I've known since childhood. But um, if, like, we do another podcast separate to the heavy metal one. And if we want to do something to, together, it has to be almost productive. Mm-hmm. It's like we don't know how to hang out anymore either. So we're, like, either working on a podcast. We used to do music together years ago and stuff like that. So I, I wonder, is it something to do with adulthood as well as you get a bit older? It's like... I don't know because like when I was younger, I used to call around to people's houses unannounced, and you right. just you just hang out for the entire day, and you'd play video games, you go outside or whatever. I, I don't do anything like that anymore. <laughs> Maybe it's something to do with adulthood, but I think people can go one of two ways, right? So like some yeah. people revert, like a lot of again, like a lot of my adult friends, like. They they think maybe I don't have time for them, and maybe I don't. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like you're 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 gonna outgrow some people. It's unfortunate, you mm. know, and it's it's it sounds very harsh, you know, like yeah, it's not that you don't care about them and you don't like them, but it's like, you know, people people they choose their path in life, you know, and like you have to when you have momentum, you want to you want to keep that going, right? That's so, true. That's true. You know. Um, okay, so you, at the very end of our podcast last time, and I felt bad about this actually because <laughs> you were getting a call from Robert Garvin. I think you were supposed to be on rehearsing or something like that, and uh, I'd gone like an hour with you, and I was like, "All right, um, I better rush through the last bit here and, and just get it done, just have courtesy or whatever." Uh, you mentioned something about three screenplays that you'd written for, <sighs> for Night Demon, and yeah, yeah, I yeah. felt like an ignorant prick not actually asking you about them because I kind of just brushed okay. by. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but um, has there been any movement on that in lockdown? Yeah, so uh, there's been a ton of movement on that. Okay. Uh, um, you know, uh, the, the next album is kind of like, a, like, a, see, we've had, we've, we've written these things. We've had, I, I don't want to say we've had attempts in making them into films because, you know, I think, God, we were just so busy as a band with other things. And when we've approached like other people about you know, making these, we're not filmmakers, you know, so yeah. it's like, you know, we've approached our label and stuff and, you know, kind of never, never fell in line, which is fine. Um, looking back on it and on the scripts now, like they weren't fully fleshed out where they would have been great, you know, yeah, yeah. but this, it's always been something, the storytelling side of it, instead of just writing songs. Right. So, yeah. Um, and we talked about that last time as right, well. Right, right. So, yeah, this we've really been working on this origin story of our mascots, Rocky and Eugene. And, like, 
you know, I work on it at least two hours a day consistently. Okay. And like, you know, so you've, ta- you've taken a Stephen King approach, five pages a day, no bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, but the thing, here's the crazy thing about writing. Mm. It's so fucking hard, man. Like it's, mm. I've, I mean, I had like half of it done and scrapped the whole thing, you know, and just took like, basically kept one idea from all of it. It's not that they weren't bad ideas. It's just you get to a certain point where none of it works. It's like, it has to like, there's structure, there's all kinds of, there's so many ways to do it. Mm. And I've studied a lot of ways to do it. I know how to properly format it. I know the, like how to write stories, but it doesn't mean you're a good writer. You You basically have to, you basically have to take all the rules. You have to know them, apply them, then forget about them all. Right. You know, and try and be original. It's just like, it's, it's so difficult, man. And that's kind of what's held back. Like for the rest of the record, it's like I have I have all the vocal melodies and I've sang them all and I have key words here and there. But really, like the story is like lyrically, I just keep changing stuff and yeah. it's all based on this. So this comes first. So like even today, I have a couple hours scheduled after this to go do this. You know, sure, so okay. it's like, but using that time productively. Oh man, it's just I don't even know anymore. It's just yeah. like, is it like I? One thing I'll say is that if I don't work on it daily, I don't feel good. Like right. so. So um, when I when I do work on it, it's a it's a great thing, and yeah. I I'm just so determined. Like I know that it will get it will get there, you yeah. know. And there is moments where there's like tons of aha moments all the time, but it's almost weird. Like every other day is yeah. shitty. Like you're just like God, and it's not like I'm sitting there with a blank page ever. It's yeah. just like. You get excited, and then the next day you come back to it, and you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't work. Going through the motions, yeah. yeah. I actually did a couple of screenwriting courses in lockdown myself. I did okay. a beginner's one and an advanced one, so I know kind of what you're talking about. And then it, out of the blue, I had some interest from somebody um, who wanted like my best 10 pages, and I went back and forth with the screenwriting course like mm-hmm. uh, guy, and everything i wrote i was doubting you know it was just right, like yeah right. and then i never heard anything back about it but <laughs> I got, really yeah 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 like it's I'm, kind of funny your best 10 pages it's like well what is that like your best 10 should probably be your first 10 like if you're talking about being a screenwriter right like mm. as a profession the the goal is to get somebody to make your film so the goal is to like have somebody read it and visualize it and go, I want to make this, right? See, the thing is, though, apparently in the industry, they only ever read 10 pages. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. it should be your first 10, right? Yeah. And I did not really know what my first 10 were because throughout the course of the advanced course, we'd been writing a screenplay. And as as you've said, I was chopping and changing it as I went along with feedback and everything like that. And I was like, I don't know where this film starts. I don't, I don't know. But did you have like the story? I had the story, yeah. So you had a beginning, middle, and an end? I didn't have an end. <laughs> Really? No. See, most people don't have a middle. See, we were told specifically not to write the end because our screenwriting instructor was like, you don't know the characters until you've lived through them, so don't write the end until you're halfway through There's it. There's another thing, too, where it's like, you know, I spent like most of the time just before even the story just developing the characters. Yeah. Like, if you just if you know them, yeah. if you know them, then you know what they're going to do, right? So, that's it, yeah. You know, but that's that's so interesting. But yeah, it's right. Like I'm not I'm not a screenwriter to ever get a job ever. It's like I have a goal of making a film or writing a good script or having somebody else make it, right? Mm-hmm. Like 
a, just a solid story about this band and like about our like it's not even about the band it's about like you mythology know, yeah, yeah but yeah. like we have tons of that stuff you know so it, it's like it's that's the the unknown frontier and that's like the goal it's like I, we can make another record easily you know we yeah, will yeah. and we yeah. will but like that is really what I what I want and it, it, it doesn't have to be a series of films it could be mm. one film you know but that, well it's expanding your art kind of in a way absolutely absolutely yeah 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 you can have one over yourself thanks yeah no absolutely I think it's I think it's the I think it's it's one of the coolest things you know and, and like bands that have made that have made films and, and made them good um, you know I mean there's a lot of there's a lot that you know a lot of bands that have made films that 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 aren't good but I think that's <coughs> Metallica <coughs> well you know it's there was a lot of potential with that you know it, when yeah. you, essentially it's a concert movie you know yeah. so like the concert stuff's awesome the story I mean the cinematography is amazing like, like I was the, more the, thinking about some kind of monster I know we talked, oh, about, oh, we, we oh, talked about the other thing okay. through the never the last time actually though yeah you yeah. were saying they put millions and millions into it I mean, you don't need millions and millions of dollars to make a movie anymore, you yeah. know, which is great. Yeah. You really just need a good story. You That's know? true. And, yeah. um, you know, some people say, even like screenwriters, I'll tell you, like, it's impossible to write, like, a, to, to really write a great story. It's just like nobody can really do it, you know? Like, yeah. Well, it's kind of like they've all been done. So it's, I, I found I was writing a film that was a rehash of a very well known. Have you ever seen the film Falling Down? I love that movie. Right, so I felt like I was writing that, but in a modern setting. And uh, I was just trying to break away from it being falling down. I was like, I couldn't. That's <laughs> so funny because uh, one of the characters in our story is based on like Michael Douglas's character there. Like when I was doing all the character development, it was yeah. like it was like we want him to we want him to be like this. Like he's gotta be like What's cool about that character, which, by the way, you know, that's what Man on the Edge is about. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so what's cool about that character is like, it's like he's really you really feel for him, you know. Yeah. He's really likable in a way. You, and can, like, you can relate to him, right? He's like he's like him. the um the what did they call it the uh, oh shit it's deserted me now he's a tragic hero kind of thing. right yeah. right but you yeah you really you relate to him you feel for him you like him you're rooting for him yeah but when you get to the the climax of the film it's like you're kind of like look like this can't go on you can't you kill know? your kid anyway. you, you, you can't yeah <laughs> it's like 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 he had they it couldn't be any other way you know like yeah. he he has to end you know and it's it's sad and tragic it doesn't leave you with a good feeling actually you remember watching that at a really young age i mean just really angry at the world like really like i was that's when i was like a thrash metal kid and i was already angry you know yeah. but after watching that i'm just like fuck this you know yeah. and it's just yeah yeah okay so we might switch back to music for a second you you released a few singles back in 2020 during lockdown. Uh, you had Visteria, Empire's Fall, um, Are You Out There, um, and one or two others. You had the live one with Uli John Roth. Mm-hmm. I assumed you were assembling a series of singles which would eventually become an album. And certainly on streaming services it looked that way because each time a new one was released, the other ones were added to it and added to it. But then it stopped after five. Was that always the plan? No, we were going to keep releasing more. But you know, when, when we knew the pandemic was happening, we, we kind of cut cut off the snake at the head right there you know so um so that spoiler alert those will be on the next record so yeah that's like that's like one side of the album 
You well, know? I mean, they're good songs. Thank so you. <laughs> yeah. And the way that they were released is we decided to strategically do this. This is, this is pre-pandemic, right? Yeah, so yeah, the yeah. first single comes out April 3rd, 2020, like right basically when everything yeah. is for really in lockdown. So it... And, and each single was released five, every five weeks after that. Um, yeah. We recorded Visteria, which was a pandemic song, um, yeah. in March. So, like, in late March. when we Right when our tour got canceled, we that's when I put the lyrics down to that song. So, like, that was, like, at that point we decided, look, we're going we're gonna to release these, but but that's it. You know, like, like we have to wait this thing out because... Um, you know, our plan was to be on the road, and we were going to be touring that through that whole time. So every five weeks that we're on the tour, a new song comes into the set list. Yeah, right? okay. Yeah. Um, so I mean, look, the campaign was successful. We didn't do any advertising. We didn't do any pre-order. We didn't do any. Uh, we were trying to. Um, oh, that's cool. You got the leaf blower out there. No some, worries. Some prick has decided to do some gardening outside. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> don't guard. You don't need a garden in Ireland. It's just going to grow back tomorrow. Mm. You know? But, um, <laughs> all right, sorry, go on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, um, I don't know. We may, I may be repeating myself. We may have talked about all this last time, yeah. but, but, um, you know, the idea is, um, you, you know, I mean, like, we were going to keep going with that and that was going to be the record. But what we did with, with, you know, you mentioned on the digital, digital streaming platforms that yeah. kept getting added. So yeah. it was like you were uh, uh, releasing a series of EPs nearly at one point. Right. So we the- figured out a little strategy about like how to get newer listeners to listen to, to the, to, to all of the singles. And basically <sighs> what we did was called like a waterfall release. So what we did was that every, we would release a single like we would release the first single as a single, then the second single would come out as that title of the single, but the, it would have a second track, which was the previous yeah, single. Yeah, that would yeah, keep yeah. adding up yeah. until it became a three-song single, and then an EP with yeah. that title. And mm-hmm. so it kept going like that. So every time, so that instead of somebody just listening to a song or going off, it, if we got playlisted or something, it would automatically roll over to the most the next That's single. That's quite and then clever, that, actually. Yeah. yeah. I've got some ideas. Yeah, because (laughs) I've actually noticed other bands doing that since. And I I wondered about it, but I didn't quite put the pieces together in my mind. That's what that is. But earlier on today, just getting into the the mindset, I I stuck on a couple of those recent singles. And instead of it, instead of Spotify just randomly suggesting another band then, when Mm -hmm. the one track is finished, a similer band, which would have been good, it just goes on to the next Night Demon song. So that's, yeah, that's very clever. It's interesting. Um, Can I talk to you a bit about the lyrics of Hysteria? Or is that something you were comfortable talking about? Um, So you mentioned it there. So, you used use the phrases "war in disguise" and "epidemic of your mind." Um, is that anything you'd like to elaborate on? Yeah. Or? So um, you know, it's funny with this song. It's like we we were never a political band. This is the only political song we've ever done, mm-hmm. and like, um, you know, writing this song like as the world goes into lockdown number one, you know, um, and then this song coming out in July, right? Yeah. Last year, July of twenty twenty. Um, you know, during that whole time uh, leading up to it, I'm thinking like, I, I, there was a little bit of second guessing myself, you know, going like, Hey, should we, you know, uh, is this message going to be clear? And that's why when we made the video, we decided to make it a lyric video. Yeah. We decided to put the definition of Visteria as a, is a fictitious term that we've coined 
which is like viral hysteria. Right? Kind of, okay, yeah, I guess right? that's yeah. <laughs> and, and we put and at the beginning of the music video, there's a de- there's like a definition out of a dictionary which we created basically. Okay. But you know, Urban Dictionary actually picked it up, and oh, so nice. it's become a thing. I so. actually haven't watched the video. I should. I should. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so it's basically the definition of hysteria, and I'm I'm paraphrasing here. I should know it, but <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. It's basically like the media hyping up paranoia. Um, and creating a panic in the public, especially during a pandemic. And the, so it wasn't so. a case of you not thinking the coronavirus was legitimate. No, it was no, more of no. the surrounding factors with the media. And the yeah, I mean, like we're like I'm seeing things on the news in March of 2020 that says like no hope. Like you, it's on the news ticker, you know, or like you know, like. A crazy over exaggeration, and it's still happening today. Okay, it's I, I think American news, and I just know this from watching the election coverage back uh, a while ago, is a lot more sensationalized. Maybe I don't know. The UK news is pretty damn sensationalized. I was going to say that in Ireland, uh, UK is is quite sensationalized. I mean, well. come on! I mean, and these guys get in front of the camera every day at five p.m. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like and like they don't. They straight up just will not answer questions. They'll take questions and not answer them. They'll dodge yeah. them. It's like it's it's ridiculous. It's yeah. it's. Crazy crazy to me so i don't know why they keep getting people on like that it's crazy to me man it's like how who there's no who is there with i mean i just want to smack these dudes like like anyone in questions. particular i mean come on look i mean look i'm answering questions here i mean come on you know yeah. but yeah all of them really yeah, yeah but but the thing is like look yeah it's it's their the media is it's their job to scare you it's the government's job to scare you when you can when you there's been nothing in our lifetime that's divided people as much as this and no when you, when you can divide people and you can make them afraid you can control them it's a fact and that's what they do and there's advertising dollars behind here and there's these people have made tons of money they have other interests they're paid for by somebody else i mean even the bbc is the fucking worse you know but like <laughs> but here's the thing it's like you have they have their agendas just like we do it, just look at what we do as human beings. I mean, why wouldn't they do the same thing? It's like they, um, you know, a good example is like, you know, hey, like, we have we have a, a, a we have a thing as humans where we it's gone back to like caveman days. Like it's in our it's in our DNA to like protect ourselves. You know, yeah. and when somebody's telling you like. Hey, you need to listen to us. You need to watch this because we're gonna tell you how to how to save your life. You know, mm. in fifteen minutes yeah. after we sell these ads to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and, and it's a twenty four hour news cycle now, so they have to keep you. It's the same with sports media. You go watch a twenty four hour sports media. It's like here's the news. They won the game. Yeah. This guy scored the goal. Yeah. And here's his ten second soundbite. That's the news. Yeah. But they'll talk about it for twenty four hours. You're right. Or the next three months. Yeah. And speculate and say, well, what's happening with this now? And what if this happened? And who's the greatest? And all yeah. this. Like it's. Well, when you this have is a, the problem. When you have a twenty four hour channel, you have to fill it with minutes of, of programming, I suppose. Right. So which which feeds the beast, in a way. Um, okay. Look, we'll, we'll move on to something lighter. So you've been into Ireland. You've been in Ireland for six months. 
Have you picked up on any colloquialisms, any customs, any words, any slang? Yeah, tons. Like I, I, I'd be surprised if people understand me when I. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely out having the crack every night, you know. But like, yeah, it's weird. A, a lot, a lot of stuff I, I have, and uh, it's funny because not being around a lot of people, you wouldn't think you would, mm. <laughs> right? But uh, well, I messaged you before recently, and you said something like about a grand stretch in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> which is an Irish term for when the daylight savings on the inverted commas here uh, yeah. comes in that you see the evenings becoming longer and it's sunnier and, and brighter for longer but uh, anything else anything else yeah I mean like I, I mean as far as words I mean there's just there's so many but like uh, you know I don't know I, I feel like Ireland's a, a like I have a connection here and I never really understood why okay um, it turns out that my great great grandfather is from is is from here. You know, my my grandmother's maiden name was Kilpatrick, so I had to kind of look into oh, well. stuff. Yeah, and it turns out, yeah, it's like I, this is like where I'm from. So where, where like, is your great great grandfather? Uh, County Armagh. All right, okay. So so uh, just next door to where you were living. Yeah, right now. yeah, and um, you know, I don't know. Being a heavy metal guy and being into like horror and fantasy and like literature and yeah just emotional music you know like it's the perfect environment for stuff like that you know there's a lot of stuff around the world that i've seen that's cool but like overall it's got it's got that it's got that the vibe that's right for kind of what we do you know and i and i hope that more people like me more 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 people into the heavy metal subculture can discover this place and you know i'm I'm working actively to bring to, to to get more more bands out here and more more fans out here, you know, because okay. the environment lends itself to. It. Can we talk a little bit now? You can tell me to piss off at any point where I'm being too nosy about. You mentioned the last time I spoke to you, you talked about a festival that couldn't go ahead called Frost and Fireland. Uh, so that was a version of the festival you'd held previously in the US and one in the UK, I think, and you were going to bring it over to Ireland. Can you talk a little bit about that? Is there anything in the cards for that? Yeah, so um, you know, it's funny. I've I've basically been I, to every venue in Derry trying to bring this about, and it looks like it's going to happen next June. So, um, a Derry, yeah, I want to do oh. it there. It was supposed to happen in Dublin. I had the Academy rented. You did for, mention that, yeah, to me, for yeah. February twenty twenty. But I mean, you know, and no offense to Dublin, but the the spirit of Frost and Fire has always been about doing it in a a smaller town like not in a not in a very large city although we did have additions in london we we did it we centered it in camden and had it at multiple venues in a small concentrated area yeah um i mean that's what we do we use multiple venues and we do it over a few days so um you know, and just being kind of like a local in Derry and just really kind of looking around the place and going, wait a minute, you've got like these original castle, like the walled city, right? Yeah, yeah. You've got cannons everywhere. You've got amazing architecture, these old school venues. You've got crazy cemeteries everywhere. You've got all this history intact. And, you know, I felt like, again, things do happen for a reason, you know, in Dublin, Dublin's very expensive for a lot of people, um, and you you know a bunch of metal you know a thousand or less metalheads on the streets of Dublin are just another freak in the crowd, you know. Mm-hmm. Versus when we were doing the festival in Ventura, it was like you know 
whoa, what's going on here, right? It's like culture shock, um, but people really love that. And it's a place for, it's more for the people. It's not, it's not so much for the locals. Mm. This festival has always been about a destination for the concert goers because it draws more people from around the world. So I, that's interesting you're saying dairy. I don't think I've ever in my life seen dairy on a list of tour dates Right, for a band. ever, ever. So do they? They obviously have the venues. Then they obviously oh, yeah. have places you can play. Yeah, and there's been a lot. There's been there has been like metal shows there. You know, there's been bigger bands that have played there, right? But yo, they definitely have the venues, and their okay. venues are like much prefer. I prefer them much more than anything in Belfast or, or Dublin. You know, I mean, right, okay. the venues have a lot of character. But I'm coming into like council venues. You know, like the Guild Hall and stuff like this. I'm coming into like <laughs> like amazing things where there's like a fucking 60 foot pipe organ behind the stage that you can see you know i mean okay. like it's it's we're doing it right you know and yeah you mentioned the tent well you mentioned dates to me and it unfortunately for me it clashes with something else i've got booked i won't i won't reveal those on the podcast no here, that's but, fine uh, you can oh uh, yeah, yeah so it clashes with cope and hell in 2022 yeah, yeah, i saw that you know i mean but it's like i i'm not i'm very disappointed personally that's nah, fine you will see what happens we'll see what happens i mean you I, could see any of those bands at cope and hell at any of the other festivals this summer they're all the same ones they're playing you know like uh what, what i took solace in is that it's it seems to be up more up and coming bands more so than the headliners of Copenhagen, who are people who are on their last legs and playing their last ever concerts. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll see the likes of Night Team and the Visigoth uh, and Midnight and um, I don't know who else. A few few more times in my life. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah you know, maybe sure. may, I don't know, maybe Sarah Dungle. You don't know how long they're going to go. I mean, look, it's like it's it's like. Yeah, I mean, Sarah Thungle's definitely going to be doing Frost and Fireland, you know, next year. And, like, Satan, too. Those bands have never been... they never played in Ireland. No, you know? I know. Like, it's going to be insane, you know? know? But see, and, uh, yeah, a lot of people are also... I've got a lot of great... The biggest Irish bands, too. But, like, a lot of people are telling me, like, you know... Or not a lot of people, but some people, you know? There was going to be naysayers, like, oh, like... Um, you know, uh, Hellfest is that weekend. Copenhagen's that weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, so what? Like, yeah. there's plenty of people that are not going to those festivals that, like, you know, and so, maidens, maidens here a few days before in Belfast. Yeah, so, they yeah. are. I'm yeah. actually that whole week for yeah. me is dedicated to metal. Right. <laughs> so, um, Irish bands. Uh, is there anyone you can name, or would you prefer to keep that close? To I your would chest? just say, like, uh, I there's 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 some that I won't name, but some some more legendary bands that are that are that are unreal but um but i will say gamma bomb primordial since i mentioned them earlier that they'll be on they'll be on the bill i assume they would okay good stuff um all right so that's that's frost and fireland which as it stands currently i won't be able to make june 16 through 18 2022 is the is the the dates we have on hold but look it's still on hold it hasn't been announced so let's see anything can happen right all right okay fingers crossed (laughs) no fingers crossed it works out for you not for me yeah it's it's, i fingers crossed it works out for the for the for the people that are going really of course that's it um so like a lot of bands of your style and of your status tend to do things like split singles and uh, we've seen like uh, seven sisters doing a split with haunt and yeah. people doing splits with fortress i assume for from for me as a fan looking at that it seems like they do that in order to broaden their scope and to widen their audience has night demon ever considered doing anything like that yeah we almost did one with midnight but what we were doing is the idea was to cover each other's songs um otherwise we wouldn't Right. Um, okay. You know, we've got the opportunity to do a single coming up for a magazine. 
that will be exclusive, but it'll only be exclusive for a limited time. I mean, we're, we would never, and this is a good tip off, like for the singles, like we would never put out anything that wouldn't be on a record. Right. Okay. Unless like, so the singles that we put out, those are single versions. Like the versions will be slightly different on the record. Okay. Um, slightly. Um, the only time we would ever put out a single track that wouldn't be included on one of our full length albums would be, is if we wrote a song for a soundtrack okay. that was specifically written for a film or for something like that. Or like in trance, I assume isn't going to be on the album. No, okay. but I mean, yeah. that's a, it's a live track yeah, and yeah, it's a yeah. cover song, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Okay. Um, so not, sorry, does not knock in bands that 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 do that. I think no, that's cool. it was just interesting. But I know. like to have a clean discography, you know. Yes, and, 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 and Night Demon is not the kind of band that's going to be making fifteen records. So yeah. it's like everything we do has to count, you know. Do you know with me when I'm looking through bands' discographies and I see things that are like impossible to find or don't exist anymore or are splits. I get a bit stressed by that and I'm glad you said the phrase clean discography because if I'm looking through like heavy metal archives and I'm like split with blood demo unavailable or whatever like I, I got the Night Demon demo I got it from Bandcamp and I'm glad I can get it and I'm glad it's still available and then anything else that you've done is actually available and easily easily findable easy to find yeah right but like with, with other bands it's, it's quite stressful because you're looking into it you're going I'd like to know <laughs> I'd like to know all of their music but it seems very difficult to it's find. It's the worst. And the thing is, like, when you talk about the Night Demon EP, it's like, okay, like, we're getting into the stage where we're, we're putting we're putting together this insane deluxe edition of it. It's like multi-disc, just off four songs. It's crazy how much material we have of this. Yeah. And we're going to start putting it on. It's never been on the digital streaming platforms. We're going to put it on there, but we, we're not going to have it as an EP. So it's like, I need to make sure that like, there's at least seven tracks on there. Right. Yeah. And so I've been working that out lately with our distributors because we, you know, the digital streaming platforms, if you have a single or an EP, it's not in your discography. It's like hidden in this other, which that's just totally not fair. Yeah. And with the first night demon release, we purposely didn't re-record those songs for the full length, first full length, because we thought that that stands on our own to us that's release number one yeah we toured for three years off that thing yeah, you know? yeah so like we are we have plans to make that the first official album now and that that will be seen now to have a clean discography yeah, right? yeah. so <laughs> but the, the version i got had a few covers on it which i quite enjoyed there's acts crazy light into the nation right so what it'll be is it'll be the first four songs and probably either four live versions of that from our first european festival yeah that'll make it a full length or it'll be those covers on there too you know okay very yeah. good um speaking of like you know older songs and and mm -hmm. first eps and all that type of stuff sarah dungal recently released half past human which was a collection of older tracks reimagined for a, a release um how did this come about you're obviously the manager manager of the band was this your idea was yeah, this the band's it was. idea okay it was yeah so um um in april 2020 forever black came out which was you know the comeback album 29 years since the band released an album yeah. we had a lot of big plans yeah for that and uh you know it did did well it was on the billboard charts for a couple of weeks in the states and debuted at number nine i think in germany like yeah you know i mean it was, it was a very big success and uh but all of our festival dates were canceled i mean we were going to play the album in its entirety and do all this stuff and you know when things to me started looking like look this is not like i i, I saw the writing on the wall like how 
the long this lockdown is going to last. I, I just had a feeling. So um, I said, look, let's let's plan to put something out in 2021. And let's... Um, I When I had done the deal with Metal Blade for the full-length album, I had also agreed to give them another EP. They wanted a second full-length, but I just wasn't... I wasn't comfortable with it. You know, I thought that it was... For me, all I wanted to do... You know, I mean, I, I held the band back for years for even doing a comeback record. I heard you saying yeah. this on another podcast recently, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't... I'm not a fan of that, you know. Um, uh, but but we worked on it hard, and, and I knew that it was... I, if I didn't think it was... It stood up with the rest of the band's catalog, it would never come out, right? So my idea was, like, look, let's um, let's take some of these old demos from the 70s that these guys wrote in junior high that nobody's ever heard, and, like, let's... Let's get in the studio and rework them. And they were great songs. Oh, they were. Like Shelob's Lair, uh, yeah. the Half Past Human song itself. Those yeah. are fantastic songs. Yeah. They were just lying around. That's like, it, dude. They dusty were just, old they were, tapes. We, we actually had real to a box of, I had a box of real to real tapes that Greg had given me a while and ago. And when did they record? You're saying real to real. So they were recorded in a studio, were they? Or? In Rob's sister's bedroom. Um, and is there more stuff like that lying yeah, around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus so 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 one day maybe those original tapes will be will be out but um but you know there's also some songs in there that like i i don't think will ever ever be heard by the public <laughs> i mean you got to understand it was like you know be being junior being seventh grade in like 1974 yeah or something but like, like to me those are better than some songs they did release back in the day yeah so why, why didn't they release those then? i just think you know evolution you know i mean the band they were a band for eight years before they even put out a record you know yeah, like yeah. so uh it's hard to say you know but we live in different times now man like like before the internet i mean you really just you're just surrounded by the people you're immediately around you, man. And, and yeah. you know, like the people on your street, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like it's, it's tough to say why, why things happen. You know? mm, true. But even the, the lyrics of half past human, like they, they ring true today. I don't know if they were altered or anything. To, no, they weren't at all. Right, yeah. 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 It's very interesting. Yeah. Right. Um, prophetic. I mean, next year is the 50th anniversary of the. Pandemic. I know. I saw that. Yeah, they announced. It's pretty cool to have this. Yeah, Vakin. Vakin. Yeah, yeah they yeah, announced yeah. their Vakin 50th anniversary, along with Judas Priest in 50th anniversary. Though, um, so actually, the last time we we spoke, you were leaving at the end to go and record some stuff, uh, or maybe a rehearsal. I don't know. Was it half past human you were doing at the time? Possibly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it was late October, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, when it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just wondering. Um, so. Night Demon has a couple of super fans, I've certainly noticed. Um, there's one guy who I remember from years of reading blabbermouth.net articles about the Judas Priest album Nostradamus. It's <laughs> <laughs> gone by the name of Jim, Jim Nostradamus Bartek. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously somebody close to the band. Yeah, I mean, he's been a fan since, I think, 2014 when we first came to Ohio. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, he actually broke... So he has the record for most consecutive daily listens of the double Judas Priest album. Yes, I, I was reading all along the way on, yeah. on Blabbermouth. <laughs> and he, yeah, they did a lot of news articles on him, and yeah. Priest, Priest like hung out with him. and But he broke that record with the Night Demon Curse of the Damned album. He, yeah. broke, it, he broke it by over 100 days, I believe. And um, we retired him on stage when we toured with Carcass. We came through Columbus and... Um, Rocky came out and killed him on stage, and he, he physically he physically broke 
Penelope. <laughs> and I think the guys from Ghoul, they were on that tour. They came out and killed him. Like, it was, yeah, it was yeah. pretty cool. Was that, his, was that his kind of um, finale of listening to that album that was, every day? That, that yeah. was his. He, yeah. he kept the listening streak going until we came through town again. So, that's, yeah. so, like... I, I announced I sorry, I, I noticed recently Seven Sisters announced a small UK tour and I was looking at it going, I live in Ireland, I could easily nip across and I could go to all five of those dates. Yeah. But then the, the small kind of thought crossed my mind, like does it ever creep you out when people like follow you around on tour? No, right? I think it's cool. Okay. Yeah. I think it's totally cool. And like um, but like do you feel an obligation, like let's say you were playing five towns in the US mm-hmm. and somebody's followed you around, do you feel an obligation to go over and engage with them every night? Yes. And, okay (laughs) yeah i do um and you know what like this pandemic has taught me anything it's to not take anything for granted and uh, you know i i will i'll be honest you know there was like when i last saw you was you know i think probably late 2019 it was yeah. and you know there was a time i think maybe even the night that we played in dublin like my band had to wake me up on the tour bus and go hey man uh it's time yeah. You know, and I was like, all right, let's do this. You know, like kind of like, not like, let's totally like, a, let's get this over with, but almost, you know, in a way, like I was tired, I was burnt out and I was just like, all right, like, yeah. you know, um, but now it's like, man, like if I get the opportunity to play live again, yeah. uh, I'm going to just, I'm going to leave it all out there. Um, the one thing that I'll say is you, you just have to give people some slack to, there is a weird thing where it's funny you're wearing a shirt the computer warrior but like there's a lot of you know everybody seems to have an opinion like we've all had opinions in our lives but like now people publicly think that like their opinion matters and to some people it does which it shouldn't but it does because of that culture but man when you travel the world and you meet people like people are just everybody is so different from each other and like you think Again, it's like you grow up in your neighborhood and you think you know everybody. You stay away from the people that are not like you or don't gravitate. You don't gravitate towards, and you're fine. You never have these issues. But when you when you meet when you go around the world and you meet different people, like everybody's so different, man. And like they have such a different life and a different experience. Some people are on the spectrum. They're like autistic or have Aspergers or they're just weird to you. Yeah. And you just have to tolerate that. I mean, like, some people, you know, it's like um, the dude on Father Ted that's like, uh, you know, the, the weird priest that's just, uh, I forget Wh- his name. Which one? <laughs> no, no, but you know, the guy who just has no emotion, like, you know, he's just there all the time. I forget. Father Jack. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 not Father Jack. Oh, he's Doodle. Like, no, that he's like a guest on like one of the first. Sorry for anybody who doesn't. I'm trying to make Irish references. Oh, Father Stone. Father Stone. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but, fine. Yeah, yeah, right. But it's like it's not like you don't like these people. But it's like sometimes that's just that's how that is. And so, yeah. as somebody who travels a lot, if you have people that want to be around you, you have to just understand that about people that yeah. nobody is the same, and like you have to be tolerant of that stuff, you know. But it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it's not. It doesn't weird you out when somebody will follow you from town to town or anything like that. It has before, but there's a difference between like a stalker and yeah, like yeah, yeah. somebody who just genuinely wants to be there and doesn't yeah. get in your way. I mean, there's people that, you know, being, being, I've gotten off social media many times because of that. Like people get mad at me. Like they'll message me like, good morning every day. And I'll be like, look, I just can't. And I'll be yeah, like, yeah, he's an yeah, asshole. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like, but it's, yeah. you know, just try and be understanding that just you don't know what this other person is going through or what their life is like and just you know you don't have to be an asshole about it but yeah, yeah. but know where to do know where to draw the line and just do try and do it in 
peaceful way as possible and be as clear as you can that's right very good very good okay look i'm going to finish up with you now i want to get let you get back to your your screenplays (laughs) (laughs) but um so with night demon we've got a few things announced and one of the most exciting things for me is hell's heroes which is in april 2022 which i got a ticket for i've never been to texas or the southern states at all in the u.s so that's very exciting for me so um how did that come about and what a fucking lineup that is yeah actually one of my best friends runs that festival right he actually i had his band come out and play frost and fire too and he like got really inspired to do a fest and he's like hey what do you think should i do something i said yeah you totally should so um you know, we've actually been helping each other out for years doing this stuff. So uh, it's like something that's really close to home for me. And after the pandemic, you know, we have been scheduled to play it last year and the year before. And like, yeah, so we, you know, he's like, man, I really just want to slam this one home. And I go, well, you know, one thing that I've learned with my festival is like, look, if you, if in the world of field of dreams, you know, if you build it, they will come. Yes. If you spend the money, they will come. A lot of these traditional metal festivals, they're so gun shy because they you know the scene isn't huge right yeah but yeah but if you get the right if you spend the money and you get the right bands like god a lot of people will come you those know? bands are right like, it's like it's like somebody speaking to me personally yeah saying, here's all your favorite bands right. older ones newer ones right. and all that style but or also, different styles but also stuff you like <laughs> right but also what it does is it creates a great scene it brings all these bands to the united states so when yeah. you think they're not coming from one show they're gonna all gonna tour you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so the people that don't can't go to it you know they're gonna we're all going to hit their towns you know we're doing a full US tour with Satan around that whole thing and Satan's going to have a new record and so are we it's like come on you know it's cool. Oh, there's a new Satan album yeah. coming out isn't it? Yeah. nice one very good okay look I, I'm going to wrap it up now is there anything you would like to say to Night Demon fans uh, about any future activities or anything in general yeah I just want to say for fans of the man and for fans not of the man just fans of heavy metal to check out our podcast the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast it's a we are on um, our 49th consecutive week now. It's a podcast that airs every Friday. Um, and it's about an hour of the band and the people that surround us uh, talking about the history of the band. And, you know, I never thought that we were that interesting of a band until this happened. And then it's like, wow, we really do have some cool stuff. Uh, we have a cool history and a good future. And, uh, um, it's great. We've got our buddy Nesbit hosting it, so it's not good just, friend of mine too, Nesbit. Yeah, yeah. It's not just the guys sitting around on a Friday go, drinking beer, going, "It's Friday night." Like, it's a, more of a journalistic approach, and um, it's really interesting. So, anybody that's into heavy metal, anybody that's into um, finding out how a band really does it, and finding out, you know, like basically. Hearing the story of a band that that later in life decided that it wasn't too late to follow their dream and make amazing things happen for themselves, like that's what it is. It's it's an it's it's inspirational as much as it is informative. Brilliant stuff. I can attest to that. I've listened to many episodes of the Night Demon Heavy Metal podcast. Nesbitt does a great job putting it all together, and the interviews are very revealing and interesting as well. And there's a lot of um, story arcs in it, so you'll cover a particular topic for a few episodes, and it really, really goes in-depth. So, uh, Look, thanks very much, Jarvis, for that. I really appreciate it. Uh, it was great to have my first ever in-person interview. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, best of luck with everything in the future. hope 2022 goes better for you than 2020 and 2021 did. Absolutely. Cool.
Okay, and that was Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon. Great to have him on the podcast, a friend of the show. And as I've described him before, the busiest man in rock. I don't really have much to bookend this with other than to say that that was a really enjoyable interview and I look forward to seeing Night Demon again in the future. Definitely at Hell's Heroes in Texas in 2022, hopefully beforehand. One of my favourite up-and-coming bands from the new wave of traditional heavy metal. You can check out Jarvis and Night Demon, of course, on the podcast he mentioned. That's the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. Have a listen. It's really interesting. Presented by my good friend Nesbitt, who was previously the co-host of Talking Maiden. But that's going to do it for episode 33 of Feckin' Metal. The next time I speak to you, I will be continuing my Black Sabbath arc, Arc Sabbath. We left off at the point at the end of the Born Again cycle where Ian Gillen had been singing for Black Sabbath. We're going to pick it up at that point. That's everything for me today. I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Fergal Trainer, and I'll see you next time. (laughs) 